Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right, everybody. Welcome to Revolution. This is my new co-host, Minnie. Minnie Faye. Minnie Faye Baker. My daughter, I have my kids 50% of the time now, and so they're here every other weekend. And she wanted to sit up here with Papa, so I don't see why not. Um, There's my buddy Milo. And uh, so, yeah. Um, Lots going on, and I'm just in the middle of things. Middle of... uh, Middle of a split up right now that's been really tough. And to be honest with you, yesterday was a really hard day. And to be honest with you, this week was probably one of the toughest weeks of my life. Um, I don't want to... Um, I don't want to sit up here and cry. But I could. I could do that today. Um... Life, life is very, very tough sometimes, and I am, I am having a hard time adjusting to the changes of life. Um, so, but I've got a good therapist. I actually have two therapists and a psychiatrist, so <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to go into. <laughs> they think I work at the psychiatrist's office. I'm there so much. Um, so today is Palm Sunday, and I am not going to talk about Palm Sunday at all because I don't like to usually talk about the holidays on the holidays. Next week, we will talk a little bit about some Eastery stuff. So it's bring a friend next week for Easter. Guilt a friend into coming to church for Easter. And don't go to your parents' church for Easter. Make your parents come here. I think we're going to have to look for a children's pastor soon. Or maybe just a professional bowler for kids. <laughs> and they can just, kids can bowl while we have church. Um, how fun it is to come to church and be like, no, you can't bowl, to tell my kids every time we come. <laughs> no bowling today. What? Um, the first time when I ever spoke with the kids at a church. I remember Milo, it was a big church, and I was speaking, and uh, I remember Milo was really little, and he ran down the stage, ran down to the stage, ran down in between the crowd and came right up on the stage. It was really cute. But um, today I'm going to talk about one of my favorite sermons because I'm kind of calling it in today because I had a tough week. So I'm going to talk not about Galatians, though, surprisingly, I can't believe how long we spent in Galatians. That was a record. I've done a lot of Galatians sermons every year, but I think it was, I broke a record on how long we went this past time on Galatians. Um, so this is when Jesus met Matthew. Um, I once saw this play that was about purgatory, and there was this great scene um, where Matthew, for some reason, was in purgatory. And uh, he was talking about 
when he first met Jesus. And it was really, really touching. But I'll talk a little bit more about it as we go through this. Um, also been, just started reading this book by John Caputo called The Folly of God. That's really good. And um, I have a feeling we've got some challenging stuff coming up in talks. I think we're going to uh, to to be going into some new territory. I'm going to take a selfie of me and my daughter on stage because I think it's worth it. Okay. All right. Then Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught crowds that gathered around him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphas, sitting at his tax collection booth. Come be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Now this alone could be a radical talk. Um, at the time, this would be unthinkable. Okay, you didn't make eye contact with tax collectors because they could take up to 50% of everything you had. And they could also keep, they could usually, and they usually took a little bit more to keep for themselves. Um, they were also um, canoodling with Rome. So Levi, Matthew, was Jewish, so he was seen as a traitor to his people. Okay, so this is Jesus is going up and picking out disciples. And this is who Jesus sees and says, oh, this is, this is my guy. You know, this guy who is a traitor. Now, one of the other disciples was a zealot. Now, zealots liked to kill people who canoodled with the government. And so Jesus had a really weird group of people that were divided. And so when we talk a lot about here at Revolution and about bringing people together and creating a place that is not necessarily what you would usually call a safe place, because a safe place is usually like, it's for people just like us. But I'm talking about creating a safe place for a place where it's different people coming together with different beliefs and different backgrounds. Now, we don't have that right now. I don't think we have any Trump supporters in the room, do we? Show of hands? No? Okay. But it's even envisioning a place for folks like that could come and sit down and we could have at least a conversation um, without us going below the belt. Um, Kurt does a lot of work for... uh, uh, cannabis work for uh, helping make it that legal and safe for people, and he works across the line. Is it across the line? What they say? Yeah, across, the aisle. across the aisle. Yeah, I mean, you sit down with conservatives and liberals, and and you know, you, you don't throw one out because they're conservative. You talk to them and say, "Hey, this is important laws that need to be changed," and. Um, I think it's things that we need to do is to be able to talk to each other. 
And so Jesus sitting with sitting, sitting and spotting Levi was quite a radical moment. And calling him to be a disciple, that's another thing, is usually if you wanted to be a disciple, you went to the rabbi and said, I want to follow you. And the rabbi said, no, go away. And that would usually happen three times. Yeah, they wanted to know you were serious and uh, that you really meant, that you really were, were into it, that you were really believed in what you believed. Jesus, as a rabbi, was turning things on its head, turning things upside down. And um, and so he went up and he said that night Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to be his dinner guests along with his fellow tax collectors. Many other notorious sinners, I love that. This is a new living I'm reading from. There were many people of this kind amongst the crowd that followed Jesus. But when some of the teachers of religious law, okay, wait, let's stop there. So Jesus gets invited to Levi's house. And there's Jesus and other notorious sinners. Now, we always talk about Jesus being this sinless, spotless lamb. But for Jesus to have sat down at Levi's house would have made him a sinner in the eyes of the religious leaders because he was seen as ceremonially unclean. He went into an unclean person's house and sat down and shared a meal with them. Now, sharing a meal isn't like us just going out and grabbing a bite to eat. To share a meal then meant to build a covenant with someone, that you were in covenant, that you had an intimate relationship. So that's what Jesus is doing here with someone like Matthew and what they're calling other notorious sinners. Jesus is constantly building a covenant with people who don't belong and don't fit in and who are outcasts. So right now, Jesus is at the house of someone who is seen amongst his own people as a traitor. And that's who he's calling to be his disciple. So that's pretty radical inclusion. And so if you want to talk about inclusion, this is a pretty good verse to talk about that. But when some of the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees saw him eating with people like that. They said to his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? Yeah. So the, the religious leaders were angry beyond doubt, saying, how is he a teacher? How does he call himself a rabbi? How is he claimed to be the Messiah when he associates with people like this? You know, they were angry. That he... he, he, he shook up the status quo for, for who he dined with. We later kind of, we see this reflected a little bit in Galatians when Peter refuses to sit with Gentiles because he's afraid of how it's going to reflect on him and Paul has to rebuke him and remind him of why Jesus came. It's pretty interesting to, to look at that. Always eating with the wrong people always including those who were excluded. That's why I come back to the Gospels. Um, as my theology changes, as my faith changes, as I, I get different ideas of things, I still come back to the parts of inclusion. Um, that's what gets me excited about, about still doing this for a living.
When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Now, this is the important part. First of all, I would like to say often, and I've reflected on this before, is that, you know, my mom had a quote, and I can't remember it exactly, but it was like the church is often too often like a courtroom when we should be a hospital. Um, I've always felt like the church was a hospital that what didn't want sick people, you know, that they were like, could you get well before you come here? You know, could you not do the A, B, and C before you come here? Or at least before you're joined with membership, you know. And if you're going to be on staff, then we definitely have to have you healthy. And um, I've had a long history of, of having Revolution staff members of people who questioned their faith. Sometimes we're active alcoholics. Sometimes we're just in different places because I just believed in people. And that's what I've been taught. That's what I was taught, honestly, by my parents growing up but also what I believed from getting through the Bible. Some people always find that odd, but um, hum- human- humanity is very complicated. Humans are very complicated beings. So he said, healthy people don't need oxygen too. Then he goes, I have come to call sinners, now this is the important part, not those who think they are already good enough. Did you get that? Not those who think. He's saying, I didn't come here for you guys who think you have it together. If you think you have it together, you think there's no need for grace, there's no need for love, there's no need for mercy. Now, some people have a hard time with the Bible because they think like, oh, well, Jesus says we're all pieces of crap. But I don't think he's saying that. I think he's, what he's saying is that we're all humans. And we all find ourselves in a human situation. And when we start to believe that we're above human then there's something wrong with us. I had someone recently tell me that I was not very human and I wasn't acting like a human being because I didn't do something right. And that was really hard to hear. And it was a put down and it was to belittle me. And, um, and basically saying you're just not, act, you're not meeting up to the standard of humanity. And that's tough. And Jesus is saying, well, I didn't come here to call those people who think that they live up to this standard. If you think you have this standard, you're not seeing the need to grace and mercy and love and faith and hope. The idea of never giving up, never losing faith, always being hopeful, enduring through every circumstance. You're not seeing these needs in each other's lives because you think you have it together. Part of the problem I think a lot of us have with Donald Trump is that he doesn't have any ounce of humility where he thinks he's wrong, or he ever comes out and says, oh, you know, I screwed this one up. That's often what we have with people who are anti-LGBTQ and that whole anti-gay movement thing. I mean, I went on a tour with Soul Force where we went and met with different churches and asking them about being affirming. And, you know, they just didn't, half of them didn't want to hear anything that we had to say, and they said, we're not going to change our minds. There's nothing you could say. They were stuck. Because they, they felt they had arrived at the right conclusion and there was no place to go. They didn't want to change. And you know what that is? It's called repentance. That's all repentance is, is changing ideas, changing thoughts, moving directions. So it's hard 
to deal with people who think they have it all together or have no place to learn or have no humility. And so I think that's why we're called to be humble human beings in this life, why we've got to make allowance for one another's faults and speak truth to those people who say, well, you know what, if you think you've got it, the answers figured out, then there's probably not much I can do for you right now. But, you know, maybe when, you, when things fall apart, I'll be here for you. That's why there's so many books on when things fall apart. Because there's so many people who thought they had their life together, that they thought they had it figured out. And then things fall apart. And we're all broken people, just in different, different levels, in different places. Life hurts. We all suffer. Um, there was a quote that my wife shared on Twitter and that I actually retweeted. Um, often my Twitter doesn't work in here, but we'll see. Yeah. Oh. I think we may have found it. Everyone wants to be brave. Very few of us want to feel vulnerable. This is by Brene Brown. There is no courage without uncertain risk and emotional exposure. Brave is vulnerable. Embrace the suck. <laughs> So brave, being brave is being vulnerable. And for a lot of people, they find it hard to be vulnerable and clear. So I hope we're all willing enough to, to be able to realize what we, that you know, maybe we're the notorious sinners, maybe we're the tax collectors, but you know what? That's being in the good crowd. That's the crowd that's being called to change things. Not those who think they have it together. Not those who think, oh, I'm saved and I'm taken care of and cured by the blood of the Lamb and I've got it all together. But it's those who know they're human. We're all dying. You know? We're all falling apart. You one way or the other. And we have to live in that tension. And there's a, there, there can be beauty in that tension, I think, and I hope. Um, but that's what I have for you today. And, uh, you know, I hope you, you can use it. If not, feel free to leave it here in this room. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, if you're listening online, you can support Revolution by going to revolutionchurch.com and uh, supporting us there or going to our Facebook page and uh, hitting the donation button there. We are a nonprofit, and we exist off donations, and that's how we make this thing continue. And um, talked to Caleb today, and it looks like we uh, found a few more platforms for the web, for the, for the service to go up on to online, which is really exciting. And uh, the search and wait continues for... Uh, our website so that's still a work in process we, we've got some issues but right now I've got bigger issues so I'm dealing with those before I can get this church completely back on its feet anyway thank you so much for coming this is Revolution Church a post-Christian production 